Proverbs 13, 13 says, Now these things, these three, remain. Faith, say them with me, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Last week we began a series with this title, Faith, Hope, and Love. And um, this idea of faith, hope, and love is like a three-legged stool in which Christianity sets upon. If you take away one of the legs, the stool collapses. Paul said these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Obviously, love is the greatest. But faith and hope are essential. And last week, we talked about this idea of faith. Faith is believing God. Faith is throwing all of your confidence in the promises of God. Faith is depending on the faithfulness of God. We talked about the power of faith last week. Today, I want to talk about the power of hope. And I want to talk about how hope is a power in our life. And hope and faith sometimes are kind of talked as like they're synonymous terms, but they're really not. They're, they're, they're standalone ideas, and, and I believe that hope is an extension of faith, but it's not faith. Faith is trusting God, believing God, moment by, by moment, day by day, but hope looks toward what is not seen right now and uh, hangs on to that. And I want to show you in Scripture how the Bible describes this. I want to talk about the power of hope. Romans 15, 13 Paul writes, and he says, now may the God of hope, everybody say the God of hope. How many of you know that we serve a God of hope? He is a God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope. That word abound means to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at those words. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in your faith in God, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the scripture I want to begin with today. And uh, I want to pray and then we'll get right into the word. Lord, we want to thank you for your presence here today. Already today, Lord, you're, there's just been such a sweet spirit in this place. We thank you. And we do honor you, Holy Spirit, for coming to us and encouraging us that you're watching over us, that you have a good future and a good plan in mind for all of our lives. And I just pray, God, that this word would just kind of just be in the flow of what you're doing here this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. So let's talk about hope for a second. Biblical hope <clears throat> is defined as a confident expectation based on solid certainty. That's the definition of the idea of hope in the Bible. A confident expectation based on solid certainty. Hope in the Bible is not wishful imagination, but really it's a positive expectation that something good is going to happen. It's going to happen. That's what biblical hope 
stresses. That's the whole idea of the God of hope who abounds hope by the power of his Holy Spirit in us. God wants us to live our lives trusting in him, believing in him, depending on his faithfulness and faith. But he also wants us to step into the realm of hope where we know with all certainty based upon the promises of God's word that something good is coming. It's happening. It's going to happen in my life. It's going to happen in my time. Not everything may happen the way I thought it would happen, but the good purposes of God will take place. That's biblical hope. And this is so important in our time and in our culture because people are giving up, walking away, walking with a kind of discouragement and despondency in their life because they believe in God, but oftentimes we've lost all hope. We've lost hope in our marriage. We've lost hope in our country. We've lost hope in our city. We've lost hope in our finances. We've lost hope. I felt like God gave me a promise. I felt like God gave me an awareness. I thought God put a dream, a desire in my heart, and I prayed about it. I looked for it. I planned for it, but it didn't happen. And so we die in our faith because we are saved by grace through faith. But yet we can lose hope. I'm not mad. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance, or it is the reality, or it is the evidence of things hoped for. Do you see what hope is? It's an extension of faith. I trust in God. But God doesn't want me just to put my trust in Him. He wants me to believe Him for the things that I don't presently see. And to hold on to the promise and know that God is going to do something good. God wants some people walking on this planet, living in this city, full of hope. Hope that keeps us moving. Hope that keeps us going. Hope that keeps us growing. Hope that keeps us stepping out in faith, believing that, hey, if you can walk on water, Jesus, I can do it too. That's what God needs in this planet. There's, a, there's plenty of despondency and discouragement to go around. We, the people of God, don't need to be like that. We need to be people who are hopeful. You're full of it. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, you look like you're full of it to me. Go ahead and tell them like, I have a, for me, hope is a little bit like a roller coaster ride. One day I'm high, and then the next day I take a terrifying plunge into the depths of despair. Anybody know what that ride is like? But I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to embrace that in my life. I've done, I spent, I've wasted too much time like that. Buying into the hopelessness, getting discouraged. Oh, my, my faith is sure in Jesus. I know who I am in Christ. I know that the Lord has saved me. I haven't saved myself. I know that I, I put my, all my confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, but I don't want to believe in the Lord and be without hope. 
So how do we do this? Because there's power in hope. And the Lord said, I want you to abound in it. I want you to overflow with it. I want you, and listen, you can't do this outside of the Holy Spirit. So what would the Holy Spirit want to teach us today about being hopeful? Well, first of all, we need to climb out of the pit of hopelessness. I want you to see this passage of Scripture in Zechariah chapter 9. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet. He says, As for you, also because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. How many of you open for some double? Come on, anybody here open, not just a payback, a double payback. Amen. He said, I'm going to restore to you double. For I have bent Judah my bow, I have fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like a sword of a mighty man. God was speaking to the nation of Israel who had lost all hope because they had been carried off into Babylonian captivity because of their own rebellion. And they thought it was over for them. They thought there was no hope, no future for them. But God shows up through a man of God by the name of Zechariah and says, I know what you feel like. You feel like you're stuck in a pit. But I love what the Lord said to them. I've come to set you free you prisoners of hope. It's a, it's a kind of a play with words. In the rap, rap game, they call that a bar. Anyway. How would I know that? You don't even want to know. What the Lord is saying, you think yourself a prisoner of hopelessness and despair and helplessness. You're a prisoner but you always got a hope. You're stuck right now, but there's a way out of this. Return to your stronghold. And it's like the Lord is showing up to these people. He's saying, I want you to climb out of this pit you're in because I'm about to do something in your time right now and in your life. But you got to get ready to get up out of this pit of hopelessness. And I love what he went on to say. He said, I've bent the bow and I've got Ephraim fitted and the bow of Judah and the, and the uh, arrow of Ephraim, that's God's promising. I'm going to bring the nation back together. They think they've been destroyed. They've been divided and destroyed. No, I'm not done with my people. And I'm here to tell you today, God is not done with you. You may have put yourself into a pit and feel hopeless because of the things that you've been doing or done or places that you've gone, but I'm here to tell you today that God says, I got you fitted. Amen. I got you taken care of. I'm going to get you up, but you got to be willing to come, climb out of this pit. Not embrace this pit. Every time the nation of Israel thought it was over for them, God would throw them the rope of hope. I love this. He said, I'm here to set your, I'm here to free the prisoners from the waterless pit. That's what they were, that's where in, uh, prisoners of war would be captured, thrown down into a pit. And they would be stuck in the pit. And the Lord's like, I'm going to set you free from that pit. And he said, 
You're prisoners of hope. Everybody say hope. The Hebrew word for hope is tikba. It literally means, it comes from a word that means to stretch like a rope. Have you ever heard of soap on a rope? This is God's hope on a rope. God is saying, I'm going to throw you the rope of hope that you can climb out of this pit of hopelessness. Amen. This rope is based on the covenant promise of God with Israel, his ultimate purpose. As I already said, he promised them, he said, you think it's over, I'm going to restore this nation, and I'm going to get you set back to where you want to be, where I've destined you to be. And God is always throwing out the rope of hope to us so that we can climb out, not sit in our darkness and in our pit and in our defeat and in our discouragement and just kind of moan and groan, have faith in God, die and go to heaven one day and live without hope. That's no good for you. That's no good for the plan and purpose of God for your life. Climb out of that pit. Here's the promise of God. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know you know it by heart. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. That was God's promise to the nation of Israel that had wandered away from him. I still got a hope and a future for you. Praise God. Because of who we are in Christ, can I just remind you, because of who you are in Jesus, you always have a hope. You are never without hope. But here's the thing. You got to grab onto the rope of hope. You got to take hold of what God is throwing your way and return to your stronghold. Get back to the place where you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and you believe God and you trust God and you're walking with God and you're going with God. You're not going to accept defeat and you're not going to accept loss in your life. You're going to go after all that God has for you. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so the very first thing we need to do if we're battling with some sense of hopelessness today. We need to climb out of that pit because hopelessness is like a sickness. There's a scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, when you're sick, you don't want to be around people and people don't want to be around you. Come on, can I get a good amen? Hopelessness is like being sick. It feels like you're trapped in a situation that's not going to get any better. You feel like you've hit rock bottom. You feel like you're alienated and no one's there to help you. Like you're all alone, hopelessness rather, and you're forgotten by God and others. Sometimes in a hopeless state we feel like we're in over our head. We're afraid that we can't do or we're powerless to change or powerless to change things around us. Well, I just come to remind you today, you don't have to stay in that pit. You can climb out of that pit in the promise of God. And then when you climb out of that pit, once you've climbed out, number two, you need to get on the road of hope and you need to stay there. Hope is a journey. 
It's a process. It's a pathway. That's what hope is. And we're on this journey of hope to the place of hope through the wonders, through the wonders and the wildernesses of life. There's your hope. That's the way of hope. Sometimes it's wonderful, and sometimes it's ridiculous. But that's the journey to hope. Get on the road, stay on the road to hope. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get pulled over into the ditch, into the pit, and hang out there. Get back on the road and keep going. That's what hope does. Because this is where hope is going. The path to hope is found in Romans. And I want to read this passage to you. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Paul says, therefore, having been justified by faith. Stop right there. You know what that word justified means? It means that the Lord has decreed through faith in Jesus Christ that you are righteous. You belong to him. Hallelujah. It's not about your good works. It's about the good work of Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. And so he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How many of you love it that God is not mad at you? Come on. How many of you love it that God loves you? You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Right up front, those first two verses is a mouthful, but basically what he's saying is, here's who you are. This is your identity. You are right with God. You are at peace with God, and you have life in God. Your identity is secure through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your starting point. That's your starting point. That's who you are today. That's where you're at with God today. Come on, amen. Okay, that's a good start. How many say that's a good start? Oh, but we're not done. Let's let's move on to verse 3. And not only that, but we also, also glory in tribulation. Hold it. I like justification. I like peace with God. I like being right with God. I love the rejoicing and the hope of glory that someday I'm going to be with God forever and ever. But you know what? You're not there yet. And you're on this pathway. And there's hardship. And there's struggle. And there's waiting. And there's heartbrokenness. There's tribulation, and the word tribulation literally means to squeeze and to press like they do when they put grapes in a barrel and they stomp on it to extract the juice of the fruit. That's what that word tribulation means. And Jesus said, you're going to have a lot of it. Come on, Jesus, give me something I can live by. You're going to have a lot of it. This is the journey. This is the journey of hope. I'm right with God, but I have a lot of troubles. I hit a lot of problems in my life. 
And he goes on, he says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing, knowing, everybody say knowing, knowing that that tribulation, that hard stuff produces perseverance. God is building up your resilience. God is strengthening you and helping you to be patient and to trust Him and to believe Him that things are going, something good is going to happen. I can't stop now. I can't cave now. I can't quit now. I can't give up now. Everything on the inside of me says, let's, let's quit. Let's give up. Let's, let's hand in our, you know, let's, let, let's resign or whatever the case. But no, God is saying, here's who you are. Here's what you're going to face. Here's what's going to happen. This is the path to hope. This is the journey to the, the hope that God has for you. Amen. He says, so this tribulation produces perseverance. And watch, verse 4, and perseverance character. See, what God is wanting to do is he's wanting to make you into the person he's destined you to be. And I don't know if you know this, but you're not there yet. All you have to do is ask anybody really close to you. Don't you feel loved today? God is building your character so that even when you're 99 years old and God shows up and says next year this is going to be your reality, that you'll say, okay. The Bible said he wavered, Abraham wavered not at the promise. Amen. See, it's that kind of character that God is developing in you. Where we get to the point, when you look at your dead body, and you look at the dead body of your wife, and then you hear what God says, and you say, all right. Amen. That's not just somebody who believed. That's somebody with some character. You know how he got there? Because he went with a lot of years of persevering, pressing on. Highs and lows, good days, bad days, but he just kept moving forward. Amen. You can see this throughout all of God's word. Abraham and Sarah and David and Moses and Mary and Peter and Paul. You watch these people, you read these things in the scriptures, and here's what they did. They latched on to the certainty of the promise of the future that God had promised them. That's, that's the journey you're on. That's the road to hope. You got to get on the road and stay on it. Now, I think we think a lot of times that, here's how I think. Let me just throw, let me just throw myself under the bus. When God gives me a promise to the fulfillment of that promise, I think it should be a straight line. It should look like this. Go ahead and bring that first one up. That's what, that's what I want right there. That's what I fully expect. And it, isn't it wonderful sometimes when you 
pray now and then get the answer like the next day? That's like a straight line. I love that when that happens. Pray for the sick and they get healed right on the spot. Get a promise from God about your life, about your ministry, about your future, and it isn't very long, maybe a couple of days, maybe a week or so, and you're there. And it's like, whoa, God is so good. Isn't it wonderful when life is like that? But here's how it looks, number two. There you go. There's your journey to hope. That's what it looks like. But notice the trajectory. You may get sidetracked. You may fall down flat on your face. You may get waylaid by a problem in your life. But it's always onward and it's always upward in the Lord Jesus Christ. It'd be great if it was a straight line. But the reason why I need hope is because it's not a straight line. There's pitfalls, there's struggles, there's personal failures, there's the failures and the woundings of others toward me. There's waiting on God and then waiting some more and then waiting some more and then waiting or there's loss, there's tragedies, painful situations. That's the, that's the road of hope. That's the road to hope. That's what Abraham was on. That's what Sarah was on. That's what Paul was on. That's what, read, read the scripture. Joseph was on that. Twists and turns and vinegar. Got the dream, boom, there it is. Month later. No. Mostly not. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Everybody say diligence. To the full assurance of hope until the end. You're not there yet. But you got to stay on that twisty, whiny road to hope. You're not there yet. But you got to be diligent to where? The end. Here's what it needs to look like. Let's bring up this final one. So here's, here's our road to hope. The X, that's you. That's where you're at right now. That's me. X marks the spot. And see what hope does is I'm on, this, I'm on this journey and I'm twisting and I'm turning and I'm high days, good days, bad days, difficult times. But hope keeps me focused on what I don't see yet. Hope says I know something good is coming. And that's why I keep going. That's why I keep serving. That's why I keep loving. That's why I stay devoted. Because I don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't experience it. Right here. 
Because it's often a ways that I wish from here to there it was straight. But it's not. Let me encourage you. It's going to get bad. But hope keeps you going. See, faith is where the X is. Faith is in the moment. Faith says, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Day by day, step by step, faith is depending upon God. Hope says, I can't see it. I don't feel it. I can't even imagine how, but I know it's coming. But in its coming, you got to keep going. Amen. How are we doing out there? So, to live in the power of hope, first of all, we need to climb out of the pit of hopelessness. And when you get out of that pit, get on that road to hope. Stay on that road. Don't get sidetracked. Don't, don't go off. Don't go, don't go right or left. Just stay on the road. Right? Get on God's highway of holiness and stick with it. Because he's taking you somewhere. And then finally, to stay on that road, I think we need to build up our hope in the Lord. We need to build up our hope in the Lord. Someone, I don't know, again, this is kind of like how I think. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes built up. If I don't expect anything good to happen when it doesn't, I won't be disappointed. That's how a lot of people think. I don't want to get my hopes built up. I don't expect something to turn around. And so when it, when I, when it doesn't, just like I said it probably wouldn't, then I won't be disappointed. I told someone sometimes when I, when, when I play games with people, board games, you know, it doesn't matter, cards, whatever, I just go into it thinking I'm going to lose. That's how I approach the game. Is there one other person in the room like me? I got, I got a witness. I got some witnesses. I fully expect that I'm going to lose. I don't get my hopes built up. Now, that's okay with board games. But that's not okay with the plan and the purpose and the calling of God for your life. Actually, the Lord wants us to get our hopes built up. To build up our hope. To be built up in our hopes. And fully expect, because that's what hope is. Faith is believing God. Hope is expecting God. I trust God, but I'm expecting God to move. This is going to happen, and I don't know how, I don't know when, but it's going to happen. God wants us to get built up in our hopes. Amen. Let me take you back to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12 now. He says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't be spiritually sluggish in your hopelessness, but keep pressing on, keep going forward, knowing that the promise awaits. 
Amen. And so how do we do this? Let me give you some practical ideas that will hopefully help us, no pun intended, but I guess, that will hopefully help us to hope better, I guess. Number one, we need to diligently pursue God. One of the ways that we can build up our hope is to make sure that we put God first in our life and pursue him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Psalms 147 verse 11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. You know what pleases the Father's heart is when you and I throw all the weight of our living, of our life upon him, and know that God is faithful. God is faithful. God is a merciful God. Now he says there, take, God takes pleasure in those who fear him. This is really important. Because biblical fear is not about being scared of God. It's about being serious about God. Biblical fear does not promote, I'm afraid of God. I can't get close to God. I don't want to mess up around God. But it's being serious about who you are in him. And going after it and making sure that your life, your living, your thinking, your walking, your talking aligns to his will and his heart. That's the true fear of the Lord. Have to be so overcome and so overwhelmed by the goodness and the mercy and the grace and the plan and the holiness and the righteousness of God that you wouldn't want it, you wouldn't dare try to live your life outside of Him. And what I'm telling you today, if you want to build up your hope reserves and if you want to see the level of hope rise in your heart, get serious about your relationship with God. Go deeper with God. Go further with the Lord. Spend more time in His presence. And I'm not trying to give you more work to do. I'm simply saying, make your relationship real with Him. And the God of hope. Remember, that's who He is. That's one of His names. The God of hope will abound you draw near to him, as you have a true fear of God, which is not being scared of him, but being serious. I'm all in, God. I'm for real. You are not just a Sunday morning experience for me. You are my life. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? This second one, I know you're going to be like, oh, here we go again, but I got to say it. Fill your mind with the scriptures. I almost wanted to, I was begging God, let me take this one out. Because I said, I feel like I say up here all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible. But you know what? Read your Bible. Get into the scriptures. Why? Because Paul said in Romans 15, 4, check this out. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what? Hope! Garbage in, garbage out! Hope in, hope out! Come on! Be in God's Word! Why? Because it fills me with hope. Because when I read the life of David and I see the triumph and the tragedy and the outcome... Hope, 
when it's all said and done, it's like God had a plan. And through all of the attacks that David endured and all of the failures that he got himself into, God still had a plan and a purpose. And it gives me hope. You know, the most mentioned man in the Bible is might shock you. The most mentioned human being in the Bible is Jacob. Over 2,000 times, Jacob is referred to. Do you, have you ever read the life of Jacob? The man was, you know, he wasn't, you know, somebody to write home about. But you know what God, God, here, but the Bible says, the, the book David wrote about Jacob and said that he was of the generation that sought God. I think that Jacob had a lot of weaknesses, but I also think that in his heart of hearts, he was, seeker, he was a seeker of God. I wasn't, I'm not saying he's perfect, but God had a plan, and God knew before the day he was born that he was going to come out and be a great nation. God already, God, God already had a plan and a purpose. Jacob took things in his own direction, but God still had a plan and a purpose. And when I read the life of Jacob, when I... When God showed up to Jacob, the Lord said to him, I'm the, father of your, I'm, I'm the God of your father Abraham and Isaac. But later, God would show up and say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Hope! But you know what? You don't get that unless you get into the Word. Charles Spurgeon said of John Bunyan, if you were to cut him, he'd bleed Scripture. That's what it should be said of us, that we bleed the Word. Because it builds hope. Listen, the point of, the, of reading Scripture is not to know your Bible. It's to know God. And when you know God, you know the God of hope. That's the point. Number three, command your own soul to hope in God. Command. Everybody say command. Watch David, Psalms 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Disquiet means, literally the word disquiet means when he said, why are you disquieted? The word means to roar, to complain, to clamor out loud. So he said, why are you in so much distress? And he's talking to David. David's talking to himself. Why are you so frustrated? Why are you so full of rage? Why are you upset? Why are you disappointed with God? Why are you unhappy with your life? David, stop fretting it. Hope in God. You know, sometimes you just got to talk to yourself the right way. Command your soul to hope. Some of us have been without hope for a long time. Bless you. Now what you need to do is drive down the road and command yourself to stop being hopeless and to put hope in God. And have hope in God. That's how you need to drive down the road. But pay attention. Amen. 
Paul said, in Romans 12, 12, it won't come up there, but he said, rejoice in hope. That's a command. He wrote that in the command form. He's not saying, hey, listen, if you feel like it, if it feels good to you, do it. No, he's like, do it! Do it! Rejoice in hope. Shift the atmosphere of your own soul from hopelessness to hopefulness. Amen. Number four, hang out with hope-filled people. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up, that literally means to spur or to goad, love and good works. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. We need to be around people who can rub off on us some of their hope. Amen. And we should, it should be that we can find this in the house of God or among the people of God. It, that's what it should be. I hope that that is the case. But we need, we need for hope in others to rub off on us. I mean, all you need to do is watch Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And I mean, what's rubbing off on you? Fox News, CNN, whatever, what, what's rubbing off? Because if that's not filling you up with hope, I mean, I watch news every once in a while. Well, actually, I watch news almost every day, and I almost have to take a deep breath. Like, and I watch a news channel that I think is pretty much in line with me. And I'm already frustrated before I even start watching. <laughs> Come on now. And you're like, tell us which one it is. Take your guess. But that doesn't promote hope. It just doesn't. I need you to help me stay full of hope. Amen. And we need each other. One final thing. Katie, would you come and help me? And I just want to give it in one word. Build up hope in the Lord is rest. Everybody say rest. Come on, everybody say rest. What I mean by rest is rest from anxiety, rest from anger, rest from being disappointed, rest from being stressed, rest. Listen, ready? Wait. Rest from... Con being consumed with busyness, trying to fill up that void of hope, thinking I've got to muster it up. Even the things that I said here today about hanging out and being in the Word and pursuing God, those are not intended to burden you with ideas of things you got to do to get there. But those are things, those are principles that if we stepped into them, we will live there. We will live there. But at the same time, we need to just kind of set back. 
in our journey, you know, remember the road that I showed you that's like this and the X is way down here and there's a long way to go? Rest. That doesn't mean stop, doesn't mean quit, doesn't mean lay around, do nothing. It just means, God, I'm resting in you. I'm resting in you, Lord. Every step I take, you're there. Every move I make, you're right there. And I'm leaning back on you. Paul said, or Peter rather, said in 1 Peter 1.13, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know what he's talking about? The hope of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when everything here is said and done. And we're going to go to be with Jesus. And we're going to go rule and reign with him because it's not over when it's over here. It's not over. Come on. I'm looking at future rulers and reigners. Actually, present rulers and reigners. But are in training for reigning in eternity right now. Amen. And that's our great hope. But I rest in hope until that hope all stand together. I can't tell you how absolutely essential this world or our, our being people that are hopeful that this world needs. Every place we walk into, they need to encounter the God of hope. This is so essential. Paul said these three remain. Faith, believing God, hope, expecting God, love. And we'll talk about that next week. But today, it's about hope. Can I have the prayer team come and prepare to pray? Listen, if you've lost some hope along the way, I want to encourage you to come and receive prayer today. Maybe you need hope about something in your life, something in your home, a vision, a plan, a purpose of God, a dream that God has given to you, and you've lost hope. The Lord is here today to restore hope and that you may abound in hope. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands to the Lord in honor of his holy name and Lord Jesus, we love you so much. You're so good. And we thank you, our God, that you are a God of hope and that we are a people of hope because of you. And I pray for us today, Lord, that we would not only have faith in you and believe in you, but that we would expect, God, that you're going to do something even in my pain, even in my loss, even in my troubles. Just like you did for Abraham. Just like, just like for Abraham. Where the Bible says he hoped against, against all hope. He just kept hoping. It seemed like there was no hope, but he just kept hoping. And God, I pray that that would fill our lives fresh and anew. Lord, I pray that your blessing would be upon your people as they go.
And I just want to pronounce over us all here today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you and to give you peace, a hope in the future. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.